Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Now today, this uh, day, the Lord prompted me to share something deliberately to help somebody. I don't know who this someone was meant for. Praise the Lord. This morning, the Lord told me, I want to do a supernatural work for somebody. I want to do a miracle for somebody this afternoon. So he told me, preach exactly this, because it's important. I don't know who and what prayer you've been making, whoever I'm talking to, but today somebody is going to have a major, major miracle. Major. Supernatural work. So prepare your spirit. The Bible tells us in Mark, the fifth chapter, 24th verse, Jesus is going on his way in ministry and multitudes throng at him. Much people followed him. And I want you to create a mental picture of this man, Jesus, walking and thousands of people like you are here and more are thronging at him. If you don't know the meaning of the word thronging, you can read this word in the Amplified Version. It says, as he went, a great crowd kept following him and pressed him from all sides, so as almost to suffocate him. That's what they call thronging. So you can imagine people are squeezing through. Everyone is squeezing through because everyone wants a touch. They want a taste of Jesus. One of them wants counseling. Another one wants deliverance. Another one wants a job. Another one wants a car. Another one wants a wife. They all have their needs. Some just want to touch him to know, hey, I touched Jesus. If it was present day, some would want selfies with him. It was that popular. So multitudes are thronging at this man and pressing through. So you can imagine thousands of people, all of them coming through. And the disciples are trying to protect him from the what? from the many people that are thronging at him. So the Bible says a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years came through. She had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. She grew worse. She went to every doctor. And this is a sad part. She's spending but she's getting worse. She's spending, but she's getting worse. If you're here and you've been spending, but you're getting worse, I have an answer for you. There's somebody probably here, you've been in a debt and you find yourself borrowing more to come out of debt and the more you borrow, the more you get into debt and you're like an insect rolling under the masses of a cobweb, that the more it tries to let itself out, the more it gets entangled. 
I don't care whatever circumstance it is. Probably you're trying to solve your marriage. But the more you try to solve it, the worse it becomes, the more you're misquoted. The more you're trying to bail yourself out of this circumstance, the more expensive it becomes. You're the one I came to talk to this afternoon. It could be a bodily ailment, it could be a family's challenge, it could be a career issue, it could be an education issue. Whatever it is, I came to speak to somebody this afternoon. And the Bible tells us, when she heard of Jesus among the multitudes, she came in to press also behind and touch his garment. For she said, listen, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straight away, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed from that plague. Verse 30, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging at thee. Says thou, who touched thee? Now you're seeing everyone thronging at you. How do you ask who touched you? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. And the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. She trembled, knowing what had been done in her, not to her, in her. And I want you to note the word in her. She came and told him the truth and he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Somebody shout amen. amen. This is one of the richest texts I could teach faith on. Because in the many things that have taught me faith, this, I believe, has been one of the most liberating experiences in understanding this mystery called faith. Because everybody assumes to have faith or no faith. There's another thing for a person to really know faith in truth. And with this portion of scripture, the Lord revealed to me that many of us here today are struggling with barren wounds, spiritual we're struggling with stark projects. We're struggling with frozen accounts because we have put a limitation on our faith. We put chains on our faith. We tie things around what was supposed to work for us. Oh yes, the faith is there. The Bible says every man has been given the measure of faith. When you become a believer, when you become a believer, like Roman says, by says through the grace given unto me to every man, that is among you, not to think of himself higher or highly, but to think soberly as according God has dealt with every man the measure of faith. So everybody who believed Jesus Christ actually has faith. But some people have faith that is grown, matured. Some people have faith that is little, it's not matured. Some have strong faith it has been exercised over the years and it works for them. And some are in the process of learning. We're all on a different journey. But wherever you are, how does faith come? Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing, comma, and hearing by the word of God. So every time you sit under a faith teacher, a good faith teacher, you increase in your faith. Like the things you're going to hear today. Definitely, you're not going to live the way you can. You're going to the next level of faith. 
Somebody shout amen. You're going to the next level of faith because it comes by hearing. As you continue to hear, some things start, some things are defined, some things are found into flame. Now, when I study Mark 5, this text exactly that I'm teaching you, there are things that the Lord showed me and told me these are the things that limit you as a believer. And these are things I started working on. And these are the same things I want to show you today. So when you learn how it works, you will not only get your miracle this afternoon, but in the future, you know how to pray right through faith. Say amen. One, first and foremost, the most important aspect. There are things in life that if you never built a certain aggression of spirit, you will never receive. Some of you in the things of the spirit, you're too humble. You're too humble to move things in the spirit. Bible says that the kingdom of God suffereth violence from the days of John the Baptist till now. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. There are things that might come easy for you, but there are things that will require you to get angry. You see, the Lord showed me something. Why did he create anger in us? God did not create anger in you to express it against your fellow man, but he still put this thing called anger in your spirit. So it was not to be used against your friend or against mankind. Definitely it was created to be used against the enemy. He knew that at one particular point to move certain things in the spirit, to shake some tectonic plates, you might need to roar. You might need to bark in the spirit. Whether you have a small voice, whether you have a high pitch or a low pitch, it doesn't matter. Your spirit must learn how to roar. It must learn how to bark. It must learn how to command things out of an aggression that only the Holy Spirit can give. Now, that aggression must be spirit-led. It must be aligned to truth. I'm not talking about you being violent to say, let him die so I take his wife in Jesus' name. That is madness. You need to go to mental hospital because it's not in line with the will of God. Let her die so that I replace her as a wife to this man. No, 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 that's, that's witchcraft. But I'm talking about things that touch the will of God. Some of you, the reason why you don't get these things is because you don't know how to fight spiritually. That sometimes God will require a certain aggression of your spirit. But some of you, you, you pray like, you know, in Uganda, we have a tribe called the Bator. They're the most humble people I have ever met. Charlie, Charlie. So when they're rebuking devils, they're standing again, 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 Today you don't pray like a Mutoro. No, stay Mutoro in culture. But when it comes to prayer, muscle up and be a child of Zion. Because the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it by force. The devil is not Charlie. No. 
Somebody shout amen. amen. But when you enter your marriage, soften. That's why people marry Matoro women. It's very hard to find a Matoro woman struggling because they are humble. You understand what I'm saying? When it comes to prayer, Masolam. Suit up and fight because that devil is not playing. I say that devil is not playing. He's not joking. Neither are we joking in Jesus' name. So sometimes, this, like this woman, 12 years were enough to say, now I, I want you to understand why through thousands she could fight through. She was tired. She was tired. That's a tired woman and an angry one who is not willing to compromise for anything. They are pressing on the Lord, but she presses through. I want you to imagine how much strength she had to gain in her weakness to make sure that she touches this man because enough was enough. That's why I said some things will never leave you until you get angry enough. That financial issue will never leave you until you get angry enough. That sickness will not leave you until you get angry enough. You, you have to get angry. Spiritual, spiritual anger. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible calls it holy anger. You get aggressive. So the devil knows you're humble as a dove, but when he touches you, you're wild as a lion. No compromise. Somebody shout hallelujah. Humble as a dove, strong and wild as a lion. Depending on what is playing with you. It's of peace you're done. It comes aggression and brings disease or poverty, your struggle, strife, you run mad. And tonight, some of you have to. Yeah, you understand. You have to toughen up and say the devil enough is enough. I think I learned this from Smith Wigglesworth. He's been a faith teacher for me for many years. They call him the apostle of faith and not for nothing. That man raised 27 dead bodies. I'm not talking about you struggling to raise a doo-doo. No, I'm talking about a man who raised 27 dead bodies. Everything he taught, I wanted to know. And Smith said, when you're talking to the devil, talk to it like a little dog that is disturbing you. How do you talk to a little dog that is disturbing you? Tender child. Is that how you talk to him? No! You say, get out of here, you dog. But of course it's relative because there are people here who fear dogs that they even fear a newborn puppy. They just say newborn puppy. And, Praise the Lord. He says, talk to the devil like a dog. Smith Wigglesworth says, talk to, talk to the devil like a dog. A little puppy, little dog disturbing you. Why? Because if you think keenly through scripture, there is no more battle against the devil. Everything that could have been fought has been won through Christ and by Christ. Tell your neighbor, I'm fighting a defeated foe. Somebody shout amen. Am I building some faith? As was number one. Number two, she understood the mystery of true meditation. She understood how meditation works. And one day, I prayed to God for time to teach only how to meditate. But some of you should know how this works. Faith is a law. The Bible says, for where is our boasting serve in the law of faith. 
the law of faith. And Paul now says in Romans, that with my mind, Romans 7.25, I serve the law of God. With my mind, I serve the law of God. That means you expect some activity for you in your mind. There are things your mind must contribute if you must be successful in the way of activating, working on your faith. And this is what she knew. She built that. And how does it work? It works in three phases. The first phase, have the right mental image of what you believe in God for. Because remember, the Bible tells us that as a man thinketh, so he is. That's a very important thing. Not so will he be. Your thinking faculties don't place your miracle in the future. They place your miracle in the present. They place your failure in the present. If you think you're sick, you are sick. Even if you have no sickness in your body. And if you don't think you're sick, even if the doctors have said that you're going to die tomorrow, you're not sick. Because as a man thinketh, Proverbs 23, verse 7, so he is. But it is a very conflicting thing and world to find a person who is thinking sick, but they're saying that they're believing for healing. They're believing for a job. They're believing for breakthrough. Yet in their head, they see themselves poor. In their head, they see themselves bound. You have to create the right mental image. You must imagine is held in peace, whose mind is stayed, is fixed, is set. But how is it set? By reconciling the word of God with your imaginations. And as you do, the Bible tells us, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will start speaking. The first level is muttering. You'll find yourself speaking things. You'll find yourself speaking things. You'll find yourself confessing things. You know? For example, if you are sick and uh, you imagine yourself healed, you know you'll find yourself speaking things like, I have the life of God. Muttering under your breath. You know? You find yourself whispering the communication of your faith. Philemon 1.6 and it becomes effectual as you acknowledge every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ. You find yourself saying, but I will not fail. I cannot fail. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm healthy. I'm strong. I'm wise. I'm progressive in the name of Jesus. I'm progressive in the name of Jesus. But as you continue confessing those things, the devil will want to counter your confession. The devil will want to what? Encounter your confession. Now, some people, as the devil encounters your confession, how does he do it? He will speak words in your ears and cast images against your image. Now, that is called spiritual warfare. Number of things, spiritual warfare is breaking demonic spirits of, no, 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 no. The warfare is here. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in Christ. For the pulling down of what? Strongholds, casting down imaginations, breaking every high thing that exalted itself against your knowledge of Christ and bring to captivity all thoughts to the obedience of Christ says that your obedience has come. All disobedience will be punished. You see? Now, where are strongholds? Where is knowledge? Where are thoughts? You see? Everything is here. You're not sick. It's just here. You're not poor. It's just here. You're not failing. It's just here. You're not small. It's just here. You're not ugly. That I was sorry. Look, no. It's here. There's somebody who is looking for that nose. Those legs. Now they are the ones he wants as they are. He just wants them as they are. 
Somebody shout amen. amen. If they were straight, you would look away. That's the truth. Did you know there's a psychological term of people who are attracted to even crippled people? Yeah. There are people who just find crippled people attractive. If they find you walking straight, they say, ah, not my choice. Listen, God is amazing. God is amazing. God is amazing. Are you learning something here? So she learned the power of meditation. Many of you are as a result of how you've been thinking. All these years, you're as poor as the thoughts you've had. Everything you've imagined this far is happening. Child, amen. So the third is, so the devil starts to create images in your head. And as he creates, his counter-attacking, speaking words. And that's where the aggression comes in. That's why you bark and say, devil, no. James 4, 7, the message version. You see? Let's go. Uh-huh. Let God work his will in you. Yell aloud not to the, and watch him what? Scamper. Watch him scatter. You must learn how to yell. Sometimes when the devil is bringing those images, you imagine yourself in the coffin. And then some of you just say, over who would bury me? No. That's why he said, no! I refuse those thoughts. Then you go back to the thoughts you want. Did you learn something? Given this portion of scripture, many of you say, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. That statement was not spoken by Paul as an affirmation. That statement was spoken by Paul as an answer to what the devil was saying. That's why it begins with, Nay! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You see? He didn't just say, we're more than conquerors. No. He said, nay. That means there was something fighting him and he got aggressive in the spirit. And said, no! Despite all these things, overwhelming victories are through Christ. He went back to the right picture. It's part of the meditation. But some of you, you meditate, right? You matter, right? Then those pictures come in and then you sink. And then you start to go slowly. And then you die. Don't. 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 Somebody shout amen. Now, let's see this woman. She said to herself, that means it began as a thought. She said to herself, muttering, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be man whole. She didn't say, I might be. She didn't say, I could be. She didn't say, I may be. She didn't say, I wish to be. She didn't say, I hope to be. Faith doesn't speak, I hope, I expect, I pray, I want, I desire. Faith says, if I, then I shall. So this afternoon, if you pray, that is if you pray, Whatever that thing is, you shall have it in Jesus' name. I want you to repeat these words and say, Today, in the name of Jesus, whatever I'm going to pray in these few minutes, I shall have it in the mighty name of Jesus. Not I will, not I may, not I hope, say, I shall. 
Because in English, when you say shall, it means there is an indelible command where with it must work. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I'm going with my miracle today. I am going with an answer tonight. Yes, as you're praying, I'm also going to be praying. I'm going with an answer tonight. If you don't say it, maybe you just came to see your neighbor. Go with their answer. It's important for you to say. Say today I receive something. Supernatural. Say today heaven is opening for me to receive something money cannot buy to receive something that is going to shake the world. Do you believe it? Shout amen! I'm waking up the lion. I'm waking up the lion. It was just asleep but it is there. Hallelujah. I'm waking up somebody to believe God for something. But I don't know why but today I feel God wants to do something. She said, Matthew said, within herself. That's meditation. She said, within herself. If I may but touch the garment, she created the mental picture. I shall be whole. I shall be whole. I shall be whole. But there's a difference between healing and wholeness. Oh, don't take me there. You remember the lepers, the ten lepers? The Bible tells us Jesus healed them. And as it was in culture, if a man was leprous, they needed to go to the high priest to check them. If this person was checked and there was no stain or ounce of leprosy on their skin, that person was regarded as a clean person. Now, the process of the priest checking you was called cleansing. It's a deep thought, by the way. This is not for people who are just learning the gospel. Eh? That a person was cleansed by the affirmation of the priest that they're not leprous. Now, what if the priest saw something and still said, this person is clean? That person would go out clean. Who got it? Who got it? Even if they had one little spot of leprosy, but the priest said, this person is clean. By law, they were cleansed by the priest. That means the confession of the priest was what cleansed the person. So as they were on their way, the Bible says, as they went their way, the Bible says, they were what? Cleansed. Next verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, like the rest of them, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, verse 16, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Where are there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? And then the Bible says, They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Pastors 19, and he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. The nine were healed, one was made whole. One was made whole. What's made whole carries its effect through the body to the soul into the spirit. What's healed only stays in the body. Who has understood that? What's healed only touches the body. What's made whole goes through the body, through the soul, and through the spirit. This woman said, if I may but touch 
the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She didn't say, I shall be healed. She said, I shall be made whole. That means she's going to touch the inner parts because whatever is speaking is within her. That means the sickness on the body had a problem of something within her. And when she changed, when she changed what was in her, the Bible says, and pressed on, the Bible says, she felt in her body. The Bible didn't say she felt in her spirit or in her soul. Because in the soul, you don't feel, you know. And the knowing she went with. Oh, you get it? The knowing she went with. I know that I shall be made whole. So that means she knew in her soul. And then she felt in her body. The Bible says she felt in her body that she was healed from that plague. And so when Jesus says, who touched me, who touched me? And then she turns, the Bible tells us, heart trembling, verses 33, knowing what was done in her, to her, upon her, on her, knowing what was done in her. God agreed with her meditation in the soul. She knew what was done in her that brought the healing of the flesh, the body. The trembling was, she knew. You see, that's a knowing. That's not a feeling. That is why if you wait to feel to heal, you will never heal. You're not healed because you feel healed. You're healed because you know that you're healed. Who has understood that? The man of the spirit must carry a knowing. You don't get rich because you got money on your account. You build wealth because you know. This thing, it changed my life. The Bible says, for we know of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. For though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor. But you said, Paul used the word, you know. He didn't say you experience. You don't need to have money on your account to know this. But if you don't know this, you'll never have money on your account. Who am I preaching to? He says, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, as though he was rich, yet for your sex he became poor, that through his poverty he might be rich. And this is what hits me hard. The Bible didn't say through poverty. It, it didn't say through poverty. The Bible says through his poverty. That means he got your poverty and said from today, your poverty is mine. How can you be poor? The question is, do you know that? Even before you believe it, do you know it? Do you know that? That Jesus got your poverty and took it. Just to know. If you know that, you can't say, ha. <laughs> These days I'm poor. You can't confess it. You can't say I'm not doing well. You use a more politically aligned language, like my money is clearing next month. Oh, I have a bank issue. You might not have money, that's okay. Not having money doesn't mean spiritually you're poor. There are many people who have money, but they're spiritually poor. And there are people who you might check here and there's nothing. But my God, like Paul says, as having nothing yet possessing all things. Oh, Mando Bradega Zokala. Tell your neighbor, I cannot be broke. I don't get broke. 
How do you know? You just say, I know. But how do you know? You just tell them, I just know. For the Bible says, for you know. Not you have experienced, but you know. Not you can confirm, but you know. Not you have yet manifested, but you know. At least begin from the place of I know that I know that I, when I understood this thing, I knew I will never be wrong. I will never struggle financially. Never. Tell your neighbor, never. There might be a delay of things, but I can never be poor. I can never be broke. He took it. It's the same thing with sickness. You might go to a doctor and get the ugliest report you could ever have. But when the Bible says in Isaiah, he bore our griefs. The Amplified calls it sicknesses, weaknesses, distresses, and carried our sorrows, which were pains. If God says, I took your sickness, it doesn't matter what the doctor called it, you are not sick. You can feel sick. You can say, I feel headache, but you cannot say, I have a headache. Your body can feel sick. But don't import that sickness and then put it in your soul because that would mean that you have corrupted knowledge. You can't say, I am sick. Oh, you're lost, Menang, I've been sick. Oh! Say something. Say maybe my body has been going through challenges, but you can't say, I am sick. You can't say, I am. He says, the inhabitants of that city, Zion, that one says, none shall say, I am sick. None shall say. You can never tell people, I am sick. You can say, my body has been going through yeah, your body can be under the weather, but you, you, you can't be under the weather. Who has understood it? I can't be broke. I cannot be weak. I don't fall sick. I don't be broke. I don't get weak. I am more than a conqueror by Christ, which strengthens me. The voice might say, but you, your kidneys, the other day the doctor said, in all these things we are more than conquerors but but, but you swallow medicine every night yeah! in all these things I'm more than a conqueror but they, they said you need a surgery but, but the landlord said that yeah! that is not a Nay, no, it's not a tutorial. It's a nay. Mano bradega zokala la balega do shikala barabi. People might see you shouting alone. It's okay. They are not your parents. They have no vote on your destiny. They might say, but she looks mad. Don't worry. The one who says that will never marry you. And besides, some of you are already married, so total loss. <laughs> no! 
Your daughter has been diagnosed with asthma. That's the first thing you shout in the hospital. Then you tell the doctor, do what you want to do, what you may need to do, but my daughter is not sick. My child can't be 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 sick. When my daughter was born, they gave us a very stupid report. My wife called me. I said, nay! And the same doctors who gave us that report changed it. Somebody say, nay! Refuse negative energy around you. Yes, you might be going through things, but you are not, you are not those things. You're not those things. The language, the sacred language does not name you against your calamity. God doesn't. You read your Bible. You remember the woman of adultery? The Bible didn't call her an adulterous woman. No. The Bible says, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. She was not an adulterous woman. She was a woman taken in. That's a woman taken in prostitution. She is not a prostitute. Oh, stay there. Yeah. You might be taken in poverty, but you're not poor. Somebody shout hallelujah. You might be taken in struggle, but you're not a struggler. You're not a victim of circumstance. You're just taken. You're not it. You're not stupid. No, you're not dumb. Yeah, exams might play you. You might see 30. But as a parent, some of you, when your children bring back, back reports, there's a parent here. She had a boy. She has a son. Eh. We used to look at the reports. 20, 30. 20, 30. 20, 40, 30. 20, 30, 40. The boy believed he was stupid. So the mother brought this boy to me. Said, Papa, fix your son. He's a single mother. She told me, fix your son. I don't produce stupid boys. You fix him. So I told the boy, you're not stupid. You're not dumb. You're smart. Then I got a word of knowledge, and the Lord told me, word of wisdom, sorry. And the Lord told me, let's change the school. The Lord showed me even the school where this boy will go. So we called the person, they admitted the boy. Next time, next time, next. Next time. God didn't even wait for a week. This boy who had been performing 30, 40 since he was a child, we started seeing 90. 80, 100, 90, 80, 100. So the boy brought me his report. I told me, I told you. <laughs> You're not stupid. But some of you, you parents, your kids bring that. Uh, this is the stupidity of the mother. This is the stupidity of the father. You're as stupid as your uncle John. No. No. 
Your child brings results. You tell them, look at them. This is not you. Go to school and be you. Somebody shout amen. Shout amen. Refuse. Just refuse. What if it wasn't? Wasn't. What if it hadn't? Hadn't. We are fighters. Tell your neighbor, my warrior. It hardens, you harden. Stiffen, you stiffen. It tightens, you tighten. The Bible says, resist the devil. He will flee. You resist him. Resist him. Create your resistance and say, I have refused. Okay, 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 okay. No. Say no. I'm not moving an inch here. And stick on to your plan to the end. The Bible says those that believe will never be put to shame. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be what? Ashamed. I will not be ashamed. Fanero will not be ashamed. My marriage will not be ashamed. My children will not be ashamed. He won't be ashamed. He won't be ashamed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And lastly, before we pray, the way of faith does not consider the circumstances of your past. Why? Because faith puts a demand on the integrity of God, not your performance. He said, number one, if you look at this text, Jesus didn't even know who touched him. That means that faith she received from Jesus was not based on any merit of her past. Even he was asking who touched me. Who's learning something? Even Jesus was asking who touched me. Because it means whosoever. Who has understood what I just said? Some of you have been in the meetings when we are healing the sick. A guy comes. He's an unbeliever. We pray for the sick. He's sleeping. He wakes up and he walks. He wasn't even... What did he do? Nothing. But somebody believed on his behalf. Another person comes. They're not even born again. They sit. Then they hear the preacher preaching. And then you tell them, are you ready to believe? They've not even received the lordship of Jesus. And the person stands up and says, yes. You've seen Muslims here with caps. A guy keeps his cap and he's holding the stick walking. <laughs> the guy's not even yet saved, born again. But he simply had the word of faith. Did God consider his circumstances prior, his conditions prior, his character prior, his way of life prior, his behavior prior? No! He just came on faith. Some of you say, ah, but I don't deserve it. I've been a bad person. No. You're missing it. The one Jesus healed, he didn't even know. The one who faith worked for didn't even know. 
there is nothing to qualify this woman that in 12 years, much as she was seeking the physicians, she also used to fast. She used to pray a lot. No. This was a sick woman 12 years. And the Bible says, when she had, when she had of Jesus, she was not even a believer. She just had. He heals. He heals. That means she didn't have a history. When she had of Jesus, there's a person. Uh, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be made. If he heals, let's press through. Let's go. No prayer. No Ricardo. No. She just took him for the word. So some of you might say, but I've not been fasting, I've not been praying, I've not been doing this, I've not been doing that, I've not been doing this, I've not been doing that, but you know God, huh? Let me have a You tell yourself that tonight, if I pray, I shall have what I'm asking. Don't consider your past. Because some of you have disqualified yourselves already. As a lady, I was dealing with Shemi Haposo. Me with the things I've done for men and with men. I, I, I can't get a good man. God will get my kind. I told her you don't know God. He can even, in your madness, get you the most innocent man to show you his God. No, not innocent, the name. Some, some. No, not innocent, the name. The Bible says, Psalms 103, verses 10, He has not dealt with us after our, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Somebody has gotten it. So forget, uh, you know, God, I did this last week, but can you do this for me? When, uh, 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 faith does not ask those questions. Just say, God, I'm here and I am ready to believe. I'm preparing you. I hope you've written a list of those things. You're fixing it now as we pray. I don't know why or for who this message has come for, but somebody provoked heaven today. Somebody's prayers a few days ago have been provoking heaven. And God said, let me release this message for you such that I can position you to pray. Hey, me, I used to do witchcraft. Okay, you used to. You stopped. Now face. To begin from here. God is not looking at your past. He's looking at now face. Now face is the substance of it. Now. You rather look at last week. Now. Are you ready to believe God now? Are you ready to take your miracle now? Mando Zebale Gadoga. The violent take it by force. Sharabara Lebra de Gazogalabade 
He who died and rose again Open up the book and broke off the sea
11:24. Whatsoever ye desire when ye pray, he says, believe that ye have received them. Now, you might have come with a pain and you still feel it. Don't move with your feeling. Move with what you know. You might have come with a circumstance and you go back home and you still find it. Move with what you know from today. Tell the devil, I received my miracle. I received my healing. I received my breakthrough. Some of you have received your healing now. The pain has left. Some of you have received your miracle now. But if it has not yet manifested for some of you, go home knowing that it has ended. From today, never pray about it. There are things I prayed for once and I never prayed for them again. Even when they stuck through, I stuck through my confession until they manifested. Because there was that moment I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that even though they have not yet been manifested, it has been fixed in the spirit. Today is that day, 25th June. It is done. It is done. It is finished. There is no more sacrifice than what Jesus did. No more sacrifice. No more sacrifice. We are entirely leaning on what Jesus did. His blood was enough. And nothing else do we cast our plea. Except on that. Except on that. That Jesus died for my sickness. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was poor for me. He carried a curse for me. I cannot be cursed. I cannot be cursed. I cannot be cursed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody say amen. Wow, 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 wow. So if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus and you say, I want to have a relationship with this Jesus you're talking about. I want to make him mine. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today. I have believed that you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as Lord and Savior of my life. I am born again. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.